You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Jerry, and we've got another interview with you with for you here. And we've got the infamous AJ Mida. I've been so glad and excited uh, to get to interview AJ, just seeing where he's come from and where he's at now. I have followed AJ ever since he was like, a single agent coming up. I always just kept him like on my Facebook and all that stuff. I'm like, this guy looks interesting. And so I would always just be peeking around at, at what he was doing. And so to see where he was to where he is now is absolutely awesome. And so I'm super excited to have him here on the podcast. And so, uh, yeah, AJ, just introduce yourself to our audience here and then we'll, uh, we'll get started. Cool. Awesome. Well, I'm, uh, happy to be here. Excited to be on chatting with you guys for a little bit. So yeah, so I got my start in uh, real estate about shoot almost twelve uh, ten years ago now, which is crazy to think. And it's been a journey to say the least. So got started in real estate ten years ago, and it's been a wild ride. And uh, have really achieved all of my financial goals uh, through real estate, and uh, get to live this really cool lifestyle now because of it and super grateful for that. Awesome. And we'll get all into that stuff. So the first question that we always ask our guest is, uh, you know, the name of the podcast is success without sacrifice. And what we don't mean is that you won't have to sacrifice in order to have success. But what we do mean is that we don't want you to have success and then sacrifice the things that you love the most. So AJ, whenever you hear success without sacrifice, what does that mean to you? Yeah, so I love that concept, and that's really what I live by. I kind of look at, especially real estate, like for real estate agents, really for any entrepreneur, it's like we have what I call the grind phase where you really got to put in the work, and you probably got to sacrifice certain things in your life in order to achieve the success that you want to have. But eventually, you should be transitioning to the thrive phase, so it's like, I feel like I heard recently, actually, on, on another podcast that I was listening to, and they're talking about, like, the question proposed was, you know, what's, like, the goal in life? You, you know, like, and for everyone, it's going to be different. But what's your goal? And I think most people have a goal to be happy. You know, we think whatever we're doing or whatever we're striving for is going to make us happy, whether it's a new job promotion, selling more houses, whatever. We're trying to reach this goal of happiness. So whatever your goal is that you're striving towards – that's amazing. But the way people usually live, it, what it looks like from an outside perspective, it's like you would think their only goal is to make as much money as possible because that's the way they live their life the entire time. Sometimes sacrificing relationships, you know, their family, you know, going through divorce because they were never home, you know, and all these different things. And it's so sad to see. So, so for me, it's really, man, just being very intentional with what your goal is sacrificing some things on the initial part of your journey in order to get to that, that goal that you're looking to accomplish. 
of then really stepping into that new lifestyle and, and claiming that freedom that you might have or that goal that you might have. And also when I say sacrifice some things early on, not to sacrifice the things that are truly meaningful. Like I heard a saying once that it's like, we have, we're always juggling balls and some of the balls are glass and some of them are rubber. And if you drop the ball, it's glass, it will shatter and will never return to its original form, but the rubber ones will bounce back up. So like relationships with your family, your wife, your husband, your kids, those are glass balls. You can never sacrifice that on your way to achievement. Other things, maybe for a short period of time, your health, you know, maybe you let your health get out of whack for a little bit. That can come back. You know, I've been, I, I mean, I've, I've gained and lost probably 500 pounds over the last 15 years. I'm always losing and gaining weight. Um, but, so there's, you kind of got to look at it like that too. That's interesting. I've never heard of that. I like that glass, uh, I'll steal that one, the glass ball, rubber ball uh, analogy. I like that. Now, my uh, introduction to AJ was a little bit different in that I had a conversation with uh, Jacoby. It was like on a Thursday. And uh, he says that he's, he told me, he goes, oh, I'm meeting with my broker at Weikert on Friday to talk about buying the brokerage. And then the weekend went away. I think I left town, come back, hit Jacoby up on Tuesday. And we're just chatting. Uh we're like into a conversation, like 10 minutes. And he's like, Oh, Hey, I went to EXP. Like what? Like four days ago, you were buying your brokerage and uh, I'm at EXP. He goes, yeah. And then we, we just got into it. And, you know, he said, yeah, you got to jump on a call with Lars. And he goes, and then we get to partner with John and we get to partner with AJ. And he, the way he said AJ, like he said it in a way that I was supposed to know who AJ was. <laughs> and, uh, so I'm like, I have no idea who AJ is. And so I uh, started doing a little digging in the one I remember. I don't remember what you said in the video, but you were on a video. You were shooting a YouTube video in Puerto Rico with your pool as your backdrop. And I don't even remember what it, I don't even remember what the video was. And I started to dig into some of the stuff and had a conversation with Lars and, and just in looking at you from the outside and then the reputation you had. And that was probably the biggest thing, like the reputation that you had with like Lars and John and some other guys that I know that um, like, we've got a connection, Justin Ford, a good friend of mine, good friend of yours, but there was no connection between us. And so just some guys that really thought highly of you. And I'm like, yeah, this is definitely, you know, we made the decision to, to move pretty quick. Um, and it was all based on relationship. But the one thing in your intro that you talked about was you, you're talking about having goals and it sounds like you've got some real good clarity on your goals and um, knowing how realtors start, I'm assuming uh, you didn't have the clarity when you started in that hustle grind phase. And so walk me through that transition of how you started to really get clear on your goals. Yeah. Awesome. Great question, man. I love hearing the backstory too. That's cool. So funny. You should know who AJ is. I'm yeah. thinking, man, I'm, su I'm surprised Kobe knew who I was, man, to be honest. <laughs> I've been following you, man. I've been stalking you. The good thing is, is you can quietly stalk people on Facebook. I know. It's so, it's so funny, man. So, so yeah. So, man, when I got into real estate, it was like I, I had been running a painting company, a uh, residential painting. And I was like passing out flyers to get the jobs and hiring painters to paint the houses. And it was like, it was a grind, man. And, uh, I got into real estate kind of by luck. I, I broke my leg, you know, that's by luck. I broke my leg and caught my, got myself uh, on the couch for a couple of weeks. So I had to spend some time on the couch reading some books. I've always been an avid reader. So I pulled off the shelf, the millionaire real estate agent. I had bought it from uh, like Borders. If you guys remember Borders, it was going out of business in Port Huron, Michigan. I bought like a bunch of books and uh, that was one of them. 
and I hadn't read it. So I was like, millionaire real estate agent, this sounds good. I'm here with a broken leg. I have a painting company that's paint job to paint job, you know, not paycheck to, or pay, paycheck to paycheck is paint job to paint job. And I was like, if I can become a millionaire through being a real estate agent, you know, that'd be pretty cool. So I read the book and basically it taught me that you can run a business as a real estate agent. Cause I was always an entrepreneur since, you know, when I was 12, knocking on doors, shoveling driveways in Michigan. And I always wanted to achieve financial success because uh, I didn't grow up with a lot of money and I saw a lot of difficulties and struggles that could come by not having money. So I just wanted to be financially successful. So when I first got into real estate, man, it was like, yeah, I had a vision to eventually have a house on the lake where I was living to, you know, have a, this amazing, you know, Lamborghini at some point, like all those, you know, superficial dreams and goals, which I think are important to have, but that's like kind of was the vision. But like, that's like, I feel like to be successful, you need to connect the dots. And when you're broke, looking that far into the future, it's hard to connect those dots. It, it sounds good. It will, it, it will pull you forward a little bit, but it's not going to have that all-consuming fire in your belly that makes you wake up and make those hard calls for three hours to expire listings or whatever. At least that's, that was the case for me. So I, I talk about like, what's your why and what's your why right now? You know, it's like, we all hear what's your why. Oh yeah, it's, it's that house on the lake with that Lamborghini. Well, that's really cool. But what's your why right now? And for me to connect the dots, I needed my why right now. And, and for me, that was really just being able to make it real estate, man. So like the vision when I started, what got me to start grinding was like, my wife's working as an ICU nurse 14 hours a day, you know, really working hard. And that's hard work. And she's not super happy with it. And we're not getting ahead financially. We're, we're paying our bills, but not, we're not taking vacations. So I was like, man, I just, I'm just sick and tired of living like this. Like, like I'm done. Like I'm making this happen because if this, if I don't make this happen, my life is not going to change. I'm going to be paint job to paint job for a very long time. My wife's going to be a nurse. And for some people that's okay. But for me, it wasn't. And, uh, and I started to take real estate serious and the first year sucked. I only sold six houses, made like no money, but halfway through the first year, I hired a coach. And that coach taught me to have a focus. My focus became seller prospecting. And by the end of my first year, once I said enough's enough and I put some skin in the game, I hired a coach. By the end of my first year, I had over 20 listings. And that propelled me my second year to sell 36. By the end of my second year, my wife was able to retire from her nursing job. She joined me in the business, first as my assistant, secondly as a buyer's agent. And then, uh, and then we started to build a team at Keller Williams and it was uh, super awesome. Nice. Who was your first coach? Mike Ferry coach. Okay. Yep. Just prospecting, man. Just grind, grind, grind. Like that's the thing too. Like, you know, you gotta be careful who you, you know, mentor under, <laughs> um, cause that organization is grind, 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 grind. And a lot of coaching companies are because the reality is if you ever create freedom, you don't need a real estate coach, like, you know, like most, most of the time, like I believe in coaches. I still have coaches to this day. They're just for different things, but that system is straight up built on you grind until the day you die. You'll make a whole lot of money, but you're going to grind, grind, grind. And that didn't align with my core values, but it's a great coaching company for the grind phase. Probably the, in my opinion, probably the best coaching organization for the grind phase. Yeah. There's a lot right, of geez. good folks that have come, come out of that for sure. I really yeah. like what you said though. Um, I don't, I don't remember the exact specifics of it, but basically said, you know, that's, that's good for some people, but that's not what I wanted for my life, you know? And I think that's one big distinction I've been taking out 
of everything recently is, you know, it's okay for people to do some things and it's okay for other people to do other things. The one thing that I think is really interesting is really when I think about you and what I try to, because obviously we're always telling folks about whatever EXP, right? Well, the thing is, is like you came from basically nothing to where you are right now. And essentially that's almost like full circle what people almost dream about, you know? And so a lot of times it's like, you moved to Puerto Rico and, you know, you've got an awesome house and I don't even know how much you work, man. Like I look on, on Facebook and stuff. It's like, Oh, he seems like he's not working that much, but <laughs> I know you're working all the time, but you've got a lifestyle that people want, you know? And the thing that I think is awesome is that when you get to know you and in the other people that we're involved with is like, those things are tertiary, I guess you could say, you know, they're not the primary primary, which is what I like about what you said. You know, your wife is, working and you just didn't want her to, you know, have to do those things or the stress or whatever it is. And so um, what I'd like to hear is just talk a little bit about from like when you went from there to where you are at the moment, like at the moment right now, what's the mindset shift, you know, in, in kind of that phase too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. And I love that you drove the point home. It's like, you know, whatever your goal is, that's your goal. And that's awesome. You know, like, and, uh, and that's cool too. Like what we're kind of doing with EXP, it's like, you know, just meeting people where they are and where their goals are. And I think, you know, I don't necessarily consider myself a good leader. I don't necessarily want to be a leader. You know, I think sometimes it's just something that you step into and your people like say, all right, you're going to, you're going to be the leader for a little while. But I like, I just want to have cool people around me. that are my friends that want to be on this journey with me. So I don't want to say I'm a good leader, but I would say that good leaders, a trait of good leaders would be that they meet people where they are. So I just wanted to say that, but so, yeah, so to get to where I was to where I am now, this is what I, this is what my thought process was at the time. So I, I was about four years into real estate. I started building a team. I hired Lars as a coach, real estate B school, like my fairy's best grind phase, like real estate B school is the best thrive phase. Like, you know, like that teaches you freedom as much as you can get freedom in the traditional model. And it's amazing. And I love Lars and Stacy. Like they're just really great people and they really have big hearts. So I, I signed up for a real estate school because I was looking for, for freedom in my business, freedom in my life. And I started to kind of go down that path. And I, I wasn't looking to make a change. I was happy at Keller Williams at the time, but I'm, I'm always open-minded and I'm always very clear on what I want most out of life, which is financial freedom, time freedom, and location freedom. And what I discovered running a real estate business, while you can certainly make a lot of money, it's hard to have time freedom. Typically, the more money you make, the more you got to work, you know, the more people you start managing, the more responsibilities get thrown onto your plate. And you certainly don't really have location freedom. It's because, you know, it's kind of like if you're selling houses in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I was selling houses, you leave Charlotte, North Carolina for a long time you know, your clients are going to be like, where'd AJ go? Your, your agents are going to be like, AJ's out living the life, forget AJ, you know, type of deal. So you really don't have location freedom. So when, um, my, 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 one of my coaches at the time was like, Hey, AJ, I know you're excited about doing this expansion thing with Keller Williams, um, because you want to try to create more freedom in your life, basically. Cause I thought building a bigger business meant freedom. He's like, take a look at this, this video. It was about EXP. So I watched it and I was so blown away by it. And the reason I was blown away by it is because I saw an opportunity to create true freedom in my life. And what I got from running a real estate business, I, I was making multiple six figures a year. I had pretty good boundaries in my business. So I wasn't working too many nights. Occasionally I'd work a night, occasionally I'd work a weekend, 
but I was primarily a listing agent. So I had good leverage and my business was good. You know, nothing was wrong with it, but what was happening is I was accruing a little more debt. You know, it's like lifestyle inflation. The more money you make, you get a little bit of a nicer car. You get a second car that's a little bit nicer. You get a home that's a little bit nicer. You take some more expensive vacations. And it was not a lavish lifestyle at all, but it was a little more comfortable than the way we had been living. And I was accruing more debt for it. It's like, by the time you pay taxes, business expenses, like a couple hundred grand a year isn't what it used to be. You know, we hear inflation all the time now. We got, you know, we just got a lot of inflation. For the last 10 years, we had a lot of inflation, I think. <laughs> but uh, so I, I, so I was like, man, I'm going to do this. Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to step into this new company because what I see is rather than just being a KW agent running a good real estate business, I can go to EXP and not only make money from selling houses, but I can make money from the free stock awards that you get from being a top producer or any agent gets free stock awards really. And the third stream of income by being at EXP was going to be the revenue share, which is essentially a residual income model for real estate agents. And the, re the revenue share, the residual income, what I saw in that was the path to freedom that I was going to pursue because it was a leveraged model. It was an opportunity to create residual, residual income. And this is just a fact. Without passive income, as long as you're trading hours for dollars, doesn't matter what you do for work. As long as you're trading your hours for dollars, you will never have true freedom. You need to be building residual income through your investments. Maybe it's real estate, maybe it's dividend stocks, maybe it's revenue share at EXP, whatever it is, you gotta be creating some kind of residual income if you eventually want true freedom. So I was like, okay, I'm over here digging this hole at KW, which was, you know, the hole I was digging was sell more homes, more volume, more commission, hire more buyers, agents, keep building this business. And eventually maybe one day I'll look up and I'll be where I want to be. Maybe I'm not sure. I haven't met very many people that are, are where I want to be in that vehicle, but we'll see. So when I saw a new opportunity, the way I evaluated it, I took a step back from the hole I was digging. And what I realized in that moment was I was so focused on digging this one hole as deep as I possibly can. I never really took a step back and, and searched for maybe a better hole that I should start digging. And I think um, the enlightened entrepreneur and the enlightened business owner is really, it, they, they take a step back from what they're doing and they say, am I even digging the right hole? And I just realized I wasn't digging the right hole. And that's when I started transition to doing what I do now, which is helping real estate agents create financial freedom uh, through our residual income model at eXp. Yeah, see, that's a tricky part, that whole, am I digging the right hole? Because, you know, as you start to, to get better at what you do, uh, as you start to meet more people, more opportunities come your way and you have to evaluate those opportunities. So for you to look at that, you know, cause there could have been, you know, you could have started a brokerage, you could grow your team, you could get a partner. Like that was the hole you were digging. And then you stepped out and, and looked at the, the, the model that you could leverage and saw clarity, but there's a ton of opportunities that were presented to you. I'm sure along the way that you didn't take up. So it's a matter of, uh, you know, our, our, our mutual coach Lars is always talking about, you got to look out for the squirrels. And, uh, yeah, I don't think it would be Lars's page if he didn't, uh, post a squirrel video at least once a week, but um, so, true. So, so talk about that, like being in a mindset to be ready for an opportunity. Cause I'm sure like you had built yourself up in a way that when the new opportunity presented itself, you, you had some clarity to know why you wanted to look at it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I think, I think you need to be prepared for opportunities by knowing what you really want. And, and for me, what I knew I didn't want, (laughs) I probably knew more about what I didn't want than what I wanted. Maybe I knew I didn't want to be showing up at the office every single day, you know, seeing if the agents that were working for me were going to come in on time to start prospecting the leads that I was spending thousands of dollars a month on and, and have to make sure that they're following up with them on a timely basis and all that. Like, like I said, you're like, I, I hate being a manager. Like I don't like managing people. I don't like managing things. I like, I like surrounding myself with people who are positive and inspired and, and go-getters like going to make it happen. And, and I, I kind of just felt stuck in like, like I reached the top, I don't know, 3%. I don't know. I reached the top of the top of what the real estate industry has to offer with my real estate sales team. We're selling close to hundred homes a year. One of the top teams in my market I wasn't selling hundreds of homes, but I was, I was up there. I was doing really well. And I was like 30 years old. And I'm like, this is it. Like, this is what I'm going to do for the next 30 years. Like <laughs> I'm going to live a, a, a good life, but you know, like by all standards, but it's like, but it's not freedom. Like, I don't know. God just put this calling in my heart at a young age to want freedom in my life. It, like more than anything, just freedom of choice. Like growing up, it was like, you didn't, you didn't have the choices. You did what you could afford, you know, and and that usually meant not doing stuff. And I just didn't want that. So like, so I was ready to go. And and when I saw the revenue share model, I was like, man, like, even if it doesn't work out, like worst case scenario, I'll start my own brokerage. That was the next best option. And, uh, and that's what I, that's what I was going to do if, if it didn't work out. Cause when I joined five years ago, it was, there was a possibility that maybe it didn't work out. I mean, we were just starting to really grow as a company at the time. There was 2,400 agents the year prior, there was like 600. So like it was a very small company, but now it's a proven model that's proven to work. It's just, will you show up and do the work back then? Even if I did the work, I wasn't, well, there's no guarantees ever, but there was less of a guarantee then. So, so I, it's just like, it's, it's also, it's also just having the courage to step into what you really want in life. I, I think a lot of people probably pass on opportunities because they're not courageous enough to take them. And I think that that comes back to just having faith for me, it's faith in God. And it's also faith in my ability to perform on the opportunity that's presented. And I think even the faith in myself comes from my faith in God. So maybe I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I have that as kind of a core value of mine. But even if someone isn't a believer, I think if, uh, if you have just enough faith in yourself to step into that new opportunity that might be presented, then just go for it and, and stop being so dang scared. We only got one life to live. We got to go. I really like what you said about the freedom of choice. Cause I always joke, like uh, we're doing all these interviews and I'm the old guy around, like even with <laughs> Lars and, you know, I'm, uh, you know, 51 and I didn't realize in life that like I had choices until I was about 45 years old and it's probably 45, 46 where like, wait, I, uh, wait, there's some things in life that I can actually decide I want. And, uh, there's some choices to that. And so that's kind of been my, my journey over the last, you know, six years. And, you know, we didn't ever use language like freedom of, you know, financial freedom or, uh, time and money. And, what I like about being around like you and, and Lars and John and Jacoby is that for a long time, when I first started my journey, it was a uh, financial freedom. That was the only thing you ever heard about. Uh, that was all the coaches talked about. Oh, what's your financial freedom date? 
you know, what are you going to do? What do you need to be financially free? Like you had all these exercises and I'm sure you've been, you know, at any of these events you, you've been through them. And then over the last couple of years, we've really started to work in that, you know, time freedom and then location freedom. And I really like that speaks to me a lot more than the financial freedom. And the other thing that you said that was neat for me is that you knew you had clarity on what you didn't want. Like you knew what you didn't want life to look like, even though you didn't quite have it down, like what you wanted it to look like, you knew what you didn't want it to look like. And I think when it comes to those big decisions, it's so important for us to have clarity. Cause if you don't know, you know, what you want or what you don't want, then you don't know if it's the right decision to make or not. And so having clarity on that and really doing the work it takes there uh, helps us to make those decisions when it's time to make moves. Yeah, that's so good. Tell us a little bit about, uh, I know you got like a little one now, Breck, tell us a little bit about your wife. Tell us how that all interplays with kind of what's going on now. Yeah. Just give us a little bit of insight into that, that space there. Oh, look at them light up. Look at them light up. (laughs) You guys don't see it on here, but we got them on zoom. And uh, as soon as you started talking about that, he lit up. Yeah. You know, I have an amazing wife of 11 years and, uh, and a 16, almost 17 month old. And, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, you know, kids are crazy, man. It's like, geez, you, you definitely don't have as much personal time as you used to, to just sit on the couch and scroll uh, Facebook. <laughs> but uh, it, you get a lot of uh, really cool cuddles and giggles, which is really nice. And uh, it's been so much fun. So kind of like, you know, I used to say even before I was financially free, like I, I wanted to put myself in a position to where I, I was free before I had kids so that I could just be there for everything. Like I just wanted to be there. Cause I don't know, man, like somehow I became hyper aware of that. Like we really only have one life to live and this ain't a dress rehearsal. And like next year is not even promised. Tomorrow's not promised. I might, well, I'm not gonna say I might die after the zoom call. Cause I don't want to put that on myself, but, uh, <laughs> but seriously, sure. man, like we could die at any moment. And, um, and I, I just do not want to miss any of these precious moments with this little guy. Like, they grow so fast. I mean, you guys know, you guys, you guys know way more than I do, but it's like, man, they grow fast. And I just didn't want to miss it. So, so kind of joining EXP aligned with that. I was like, you know, I I don't have kids yet. I want to make sure that I'm in a good position when I do. And I'll kind of just wrap up my EXP story and that will kind of transition us to where, where I am today with my family and stuff. But like, so if you don't know a lot about EXP, you know, definitely, you know, this ain't a sales pitch, but I would say that, even if you're not in the real estate space listening to this, like you should take a look at it because we have a lot of great entrepreneurs joining that are not in the real estate space. And, and you should at least know what it's all about. Like it, it's that big of an opportunity that you should do some due diligence and understand what it really is. So when I joined, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep selling houses, keep my team going for the next five years. So this was January, 2017. I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this for five years and I'll get a couple of agents to join EXP over the next five years. My plan was actually five agents a year. I was going to get to join for five years. So that'd be 25 total agents because of me, they would join EXP for the next uh, in a five year period. Like if you're selling a house a month, like you, you can get an agent to join every two months. Like it's not that hard. That's the plan. And what's cool about our model is your agents that you bring in can sponsor other agents to join the company. It's like you bring a friend, a friend brings a friend type of deal. And uh, essentially, you're just getting paid referral fees on all the deals these agents are doing. So I was like, I'm going to build a team, a referral network of 500 agents at eXp where I get paid a small referral fee on all these transactions that these 500 agents are doing. 
it's really no different than running a real estate team, except it has really none of the negatives that you have in a real, running a real estate team, like the overhead, the headache, the long hours, the stress. Um, and it has a, a lot of the upsides that, you know, like a Keller Williams International would have, where you have all of these offices, you have all of these agents joining, and your hands are not in it day to day. It's just kind of happening. So, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to work for the next five years. And at the end of five years, my goal is to make a half million dollars a year residual. I figured for me, for me to achieve my wildest dreams, I needed a half million dollars. After, ta after tax, 300 grand. 300 grand was the number for me to basically move to Laguna Beach, California, just because I love the oceans. Um, don't love a lot about going, what's going on in California, according to the media, but I, I do love the ocean and I love Laguna Beach. It's an amazing place. If you've never been, I would highly recommend vacationing there sometime. So that was the goal was to move there and to have a, a nice house there. And I needed a half million dollars a year pre-tax to do that. So I went to work on it and just 18 months, actually, my wife and I accomplished that. When I say my wife and I, at this point, she actually retired from selling real estate 10 months after we joined DXP. She retired from selling real estate. So it was really me building this part of it. But uh, her there being my, my, my encourager and helping run the household and all that. So 18 months in, I already got to the point where I was making $25,000 a month in residual income. So this is kind of what I was talking about earlier, like, you know, living your life in a way where you're really stepping into your goals and not just always continuing to work for money. So we sold our house in Charlotte and we traveled the country for a year in a motorhome, and it was amazing. And our team continued to grow by the end of that trip. Our, our team had almost tripled and fast forward about five years. Now our, our team, instead of 500 agents, which was June, 2018, when we hit our five-year goal in just 18 months, it's now 5,000 agents and it's just complete uh, freedom. And it's really awesome. And these last 17 months with this little guy, it's been so cool because I watched his first steps. I was there for that. Almost every single new word that he says, I'm there to hear it for the first time. And I just know if I was busy selling real estate in Charlotte, North Carolina still, I would, I would probably miss all of that. And it's just so special. It's, I'm just so thankful that you know, God put me in a place to take advantage of this opportunity and that it worked out so well. And, and that now it's such an amazing opportunity that we can help other people, other agents do the same thing. And what's so crazy about it. It's like, like, I love your guys' podcast, you know, success with, without sacrifice. Like it's so cool. Like, I love that. If we just took a step back and looked at like what we needed to to have success without sacrifice, which to me is enough residual income to pay your living expenses. Like this is a, an exercise that I learned called dreamlining. And basically what you do is you just look at your dream lifestyle and you start to write down what it would cost. So what type of home would you want? Say it's a $2 million house. Well, with about 20, 25%, 30% down, a mortgage on a $2 million house would be like eight, $9,000 a month. Maybe you want to drive a brand new Cadillac Escalade and the payment on that is $1,000 a month. And then you just keep adding it up. You can live truly an unbelievable lifestyle on like 20 to 25 grand a month. Most people, I would say probably their dreams are not yet bigger than even 15 to 20 grand a month when you really do the math. And when you can start to position yourself to where you're not just thinking about 
oh, my goal in five years to sell a thousand houses or my goal in two years is to sell a hundred houses. Like when, like be thinking about your, 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 your business goal. And this is my opinion only, but your business goal should really be how much residual income do I need to make so that I can live the lifestyle of my dreams? Cause that's the only thing to me that matters. You know, some people love the recognition of, you know, being able to say sold a thousand homes and all that stuff. And that's cool. If that's what really drives them. But I'll tell you what your kids and your wife and your husband really care about. They care about you showing up and being present at home and, and not doing everything that it takes to be just grind, 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 grind forever. So, so yeah. So I don't know. I don't even know what the question was, but that's kind of my heart around all that. (laughs) That was really good, man. The thing I think gets always gets lost because we always like look at the lifestyle. Right. And so I think that's really key. Like the thing I get from here is like, for one, you're a hard worker. And then two, I just take, take away like you care about people. You know what I mean? And I think you care about people individually and who they are. And I think that's why you're, I think that's personally why you're successful, you know? And so the thing I think about here is like, cause every time we see somebody and where they're at and, you know, we haven't spoken about numbers and what you're actually making every month and all that. I don't know if you want to do that or not, but the point is, is like you went from breaking your leg paint. You said paint job to paint job. And now you live in Puerto Rico with your wife and your son. You know what I mean? So what, what was, what's the total time frame from there, from sitting on your couch about time frame to where you are right now? What's the time frame on that? Yeah. So I officially got my real estate license December of 2012. So that's like nine years, nine years. Full, like a full nine years. And, and straight up, man, like 18 is, is technically 14 months after joining EXP. I was financially free. So I had only been in real estate for just over five years when I could say I was completely financial free, financially free. Cause at that point I was making like 10 grand a month residually. And that's all my living expenses were that, I mean, they were like six grand a month at the time or whatever. So it's like the last three and a half years have truly been like this, this new thing where it's like, it's financial abundance. It's, truly like my coach like kind of helps me more than anything like make sure that I'm not squandering like the gifts that I've been giving and like helping me figure out what I really want out of life and and how do I how am I going to live well with with what I've been given and that's really cool and that's a lot different than you know sitting there grinding the phones for three hours in the day because you know if you don't you're not going to be able to pay your bills and uh you know, I was thinking about something interesting and I haven't even shared this with anybody. So it's, it's not, I haven't even verbalized this before, but I was hiking the other day and I got to the top. So I live here. You guys, a little look, I don't know if anyone's gonna watch this on YouTube or anything, but those are like these woods behind my house and there's trails and this is all on the Caribbean. It's all ocean views. It's really awesome. We hiked to, I hiked to the top. I was by myself and I got to the top and the view was amazing. And the thought that hit me was the view at the top is amazing. Like don't let anyone tell you different. Like the view at the top, whenever you hit your goals, your dreams, your, you know, you're financially successful, whatever it is, the view at the top is amazing, but it's all based on perspective at the same time. When you're in the Valley, which is where I spent most of my life, it was just as good, quite honestly. Like I don't notice any more happiness. Like now that I'm a multimillionaire versus when I was $300,000 in debt five years ago, like I'm as happy as I always was because what, what hit me and what was put on my heart was when I was in the Valley, I was looking up. So I had that perspective where I was looking up and the view was still good from the Valley because I was looking up 
and I was positive and I was optimistic and I had faith. And when you're at the top, if you're always looking down at what you don't have and you're not content and not, or not grateful, or just always thinking about the next top and never truly like just being like, wow, this is where I am. I'm so happy. I'm so grateful and enjoying the rewards, the, the, th- the gifts you've been given. Then, then the view at the top can, it can be bad. Like, and that's, and that's kind of what hit me. And it, that kind of just really spoke to me because, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm only human and wealth and, and financial abundance does not create happiness. And it's easy for me to get caught in the trap where it's like, oh, well, I don't have that. Or I want a house like that. Or I want this, I want that. And when you start thinking like that, you got to snap out of it because discontentment, man, that will make you a miserable person. You won't be happy. And I'm, I'm as susceptible as the next person to feel that way. So that was just a good lesson for me. And I just thought I would share that. Maybe it's, we'll be speaking to someone that's listening to this. It's like, man, if you're on the Valley, be looking up and look up as much as possible. Cause that view is awesome. And quite honestly, I'm not an envious person, but I was a little envious of what I had in that moment when I, when I was in that Valley with that optimism of success, because that's a fun place to be when you're in it. Maybe not so much at times, but like, it's, it's a cool place to be like the journey is cool. So enjoy the journey and just always make sure that you got the, the correct perspective, man. Cause it's a good life and we're living at a great time and it's never been easier than it's never been easier to make money than it is now. We just live in a world with tons of abundance and, um, and yeah, just enjoy the journey to the top. Man, that's a good word. That's so good. And we see that everywhere, right? You see people get to the top and they try to reinvent themselves or they're just not happy with where they're at or they're chasing the next thing. And so I think that's also a good thing is like where you're rooted and you know, your identity comes from and all of that. I think that's also a part of that as well. So it's really good, man. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Is there uh Jerry, you got anything else? Uh, man, it's crazy. We could go a couple different directions, but uh, I think, uh, I think there'll be a part two with AJ at some point. Um, <laughs> Cause I would really like to, um, to kind of get into uh, and not today, but the, the, where I'm at and thinking is, when you go from having nothing to having all that, like there's, that's, there's some work that you had to do on yourself in that. And, um, and then like, you also are talking about like the lifestyle uh, and you like, you're kind of showing when you show your lifestyle on YouTube and on Facebook and like um, at some point I want to talk to you about how you wrestled with that. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of emotion there. I knew you hit it. I knew that you were uh, financially where you needed to be when I saw the video of your golf cart. Um, that is like, uh, it's like one of the things that's on my list is live someplace that I can own a golf cart. And uh, because like, I was way more impressed that you had that golf cart than if you had taken a video in front of a Lambo or something. <laughs> Dude, man, golf carts are so fun. I'm on that thing twice a day, twice a day, me and my son, Breck and my dog, Luna and my wife, Abby cruise around on a golf cart, man. It, that's like, that's what we take to our friends' houses. Like, so that is a worthy goal, my friend, being in a place <laughs> where you can cruise around on a golf cart. It, it, it truly means, man, it, it means that you have freedom. If, if you're able to leave where you currently are, which I know you're in Michigan, you know, it's getting cold there or it is cold there. It's December now, like 26. Oh my gosh. It is like <laughs> 85 today. Like it's, eight, it's 85 every day here. <laughs> but like, it's like, that's cool, man. Like, I love that. And, yeah. and that's one of those things where it's like, it, you, like, it's not that, like, that's what's so cool, man. Like, if you do that dreamlining exercise, you, you could probably be there, like, sooner than you might expect, 
you know, it's like a golf cart, you know, that golf cart was like 15 grand and uh, moving to Florida is not that expensive. And dude, boom, you hit your goal, you know? There we go. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, I guess, is there anything you'd like to leave us with? And then how can people connect with you, uh, you know, once uh, the podcast is over here? Cool. Yeah, you guys can find me on, on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. Just my name, AJ Mida. If you want to check out my videos, that's probably where I put most of my thoughts. But, um, but yeah, I would just say, you know, it's like if you guys are listening to this podcast, you're on the right track, you know, stay open minded stay curious, maintain that, that learning attitude, because at the end of the day, all successful people, that's the quality they have is they're open-minded and they're willing to learn. And uh, I know I'm preaching the choir because you guys are listening to great content like this. So keep it up. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much for coming out. Cool. Awesome guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes. 